Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And hello, everybody, and welcome into the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder, as always, and as you can see, I'm joined by my good friend, Ann DeSantis, my co-host. How are you doing, Ann? Doing great, Bill. Glad to be back on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's always awesome to share the airwaves with you and the video waves or however people are watching us. I want to remind you that you can always go over to our website, patchworkheart.org and patchworkheartradio.org uh, to check out all the different uh, things that we have going on in our ministry. So I'm super excited about that. But, um, you know, I'm also excited to be uh, on part three of uh, part four of our uh, series on the book that we authored together. So I'm excited to be talking with our listeners about that as well. Yeah, I am too. And it was a wonderful endeavor that we did back in actually starting in 2020. So it was right during the heart of the pandemic that we decided to write a book. The book is authored by not just the two of us, but uh, two other people. They would be Maggie Riggins and Jen Oakley. Actually, her name was Jen Southerton at the time. And make a shout out, shout out to them during this podcast for their help and their work. But it wasn't just us as four authors. We interviewed college students about the burning questions that they have of faith. And the name of the book is Hearts Burning Within Us. And it, the subtitle is Answers to Burning Questions from Catholic College Students. And when you read that back cover of the book, which is like the description, and of course, it's on all of our commercials. I just love that one section. It says that using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. I mean, Bill, I have to say, you wrote that, and isn't that exactly what the book is about? Yeah, it is, and it, and, and you know what, the amazing thing is it actually happened, right? Like, it really, mm-hmm. it really did, you know, Jesus showed up in a big way uh, in all of our lives throughout the course of this book, and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience uh, to walk with that, um, you know, as we know, you know, these are uh, moments, they're holy moments in our lives. Uh, and that certainly was one of them, authoring the book. And, you know, we hope that many people get an opportunity to uh, go into this book and use it for, you know, their their children, their grandchildren. Uh, if you're a college student yourself uh, or you're getting ready to go off to college, um, you know, although that's, you know, not, not the time of year <laughs> that normally happens, but maybe you're in college right now, um, you know, th- Grab a copy of the book because, uh, you know, these are practical questions uh, and practical answers uh, that that we try and give, um, you know, questions to. And so in the first two parts of the series, if you haven't watched, you know, this is kind of like another little companion to the book, right, Ann? <laughs> this is one of those little companion yeah. pieces uh, that we're trying to, you know, um, offer to people that they can, uh, you know, hear hear from us a little bit, but uh, grab a copy of the book and follow along with us, uh, and you can always go back in our podcast archives and listen to the first two segments, uh, because there's four sections in in the book, and so we're going to focus today on the third section, which is sharing the faith. So I'm super excited to delve into some of the questions there. We're not going to be able to go into all of them, so Mm -hmm. that's why you got to get a copy of the book. (laughs) 
Yes, yes. And to get a copy of the book, just to let you know where you can get it. I mean, a simple way is just to go to Amazon because it is on Amazon. Uh, Hearts Burning Within Us by Patchwork Heart Ministry. Or you can go to patchworkheart.org. And I will say that Bill's new website is really amazing. And not only can you learn about what we do with this podcast, but one of the big things that he's doing, which is a Catholic documentary on the Shroud of Turin. And so if you're with a church, a diocese, archdiocese, whoever you are, please do learn about that. And I know we'll talk a lot about that in the future, too. Uh, But for now, we'll go back to uh, this book. Right. And so we're looking at the section three of the book, which is sharing the faith. I'm just going to read some of the chapters and then we can review them. But some of the chapters are meeting like minded Catholics, successful introduction to non-practitioners, hypocrisy in the church. I'm sure that's one that a lot of young Catholics think about and wonder about. Is it okay to befriend non-believers and non-Catholics? So they're just some of them. But I thought maybe we could start out with that first chapter, Bill, which is meeting like-minded Catholics. That's that's a great uh, topic of discussion because when, when young people go off to college, sometimes there is that question of faith as to continuing and, and attending Mass and being a participant in the sacramental life. And so that first question that I mentioned is meeting like-minded Catholics. The question that we got from some of the young people is, how do I meet like-minded people of faith who want to practice Catholicism? And I'll just give you a little bit of the answer that we had to that question. It says, as a college student, you're likely surrounded by peers and a wide variety of beliefs, values, and lifestyles. College is a unique time to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through relationships with people who might have completely different ideals than you. I recommend embracing these types of relationships as much as possible and being extra attentive to God's presence in them. So, I mean, let's just stop right there in that most of the time when people go off to college, they are meeting with people of all different faiths, whether they're Christians, um, non-Christians, or even people who maybe they think about themselves as spiritual, but not religious. So, Bill, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, because I do think that's an interesting perspective. Some of the kids, or I should say the young people that were involved in helping us with this book were attending Catholic universities. And these days in Catholic universities, you'll have not only those who are Catholic it will, you know, some that are actually Catholic in name, but they're not really practicing their faith. Mm-hmm. And also Christians, people who attend different other uh, Christian denominational churches, and a lot of people who are sort of into the New Age movement or possibly even not really celebrating any religion. I mean, that's uh, a pretty high percentage of young people these days that just decide upon themselves that they don't want to affiliate with any type of organized religion. And so looking at this chapter of our book, uh, this this is really a great answer, I think, that we gave that it's one of the things that it says here is that hopefully your response to an acquaintance could be something along the lines of, I'm sorry, you're busy with homework. It can be so difficult to make it all happen for me. I always find it easier to hit the ground running with homework after I have an hour at mass or I can just shut the homework part of my brain down. I forget homework exists for an hour and then I'm fueled to get to get it done after. And what that refers to is 
when you meet that person who is away from their faith and, you know, finding a way to invite them to mass or other other participation in the sacramental life. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, that uh, is a it's a beautiful thing, I think, you know, to go out into the world and understand that the that the Holy Spirit um, can can use you. You know, I, I remember my college experience and feeling like um, I now can be a, a witness to a different group of people. You know, uh, I me personally, I lived in a small little town in Philadelphia, you know, and suburbs my whole life. Uh, and I chose to go about two and a half hours away uh, to the University of Scranton. Uh, so I was further from my family, further from my parents, although, you know, two and a half hours isn't all that far. You could get home on the weekend if you needed to uh, for something or, you know, a special event or, you know, in your family or something like that. But uh, it was it was beautiful to be around uh, and understand that I can now interact with a different group of people that coming that are coming from different areas. I mean, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia. Uh, there were people from Chicago. There were people from all over the country attending the University of Scranton, and it was beautiful. Um, so it is a unique time in that you get to learn about the different cultures and uh, that are available to you. Um you know, through the collegiate experience, you know, there's international students and there's all these different things. And yeah, the, the belief system is, you know, not going to be the same, right? I mean, especially if you were in this small little Catholic, you know, grade school or high school, um, you know, and you move off into college, there's, there's, it's kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, what just happened? You know, I just began to experience the world. And that's part of the reason for the book, uh, to give you that grounding. But beyond that, uh, in this particular way to help you understand and know and grow in faith by it being challenged. You know, uh, your faith has to be challenged in order for you to grow. You have to own your own faith. That's uh, one of the big uh, terms that we talk about on another show uh, with Ray Haywood. Ray, Ray always talks about owning your own faith. Uh, you know, your parents can give it to you. It can be handed on to you. But if you do not own it, if you do not pick it up and grasp it yourself— you know, it's it, it, you know it's like that baton, uh, you know relay race, you know runner, and it's been going on since the beginning of you know you know time basically, right? You know we, we you know we look at it, right? How you know, this group handed on the faith to this group, and then this group handed on the faith to this group. Jesus en enters the picture, and he hands it on to a different group of people, and then it, it continues being handed on all the way up to today. But let me tell you, the baton can be offered to you, but if you don't pick it up and hold it at one point in your own life, you're not going to go, um, you know, very, very, you know, you're not going to be able to hand it on to the next group because it's going to be waiting back, you know, at, at the starting line where you where you were supposed to start. So um, those are my thoughts on this, and, and it's a beautiful f experience in the in in college. You get to have that challenge um, of evangelizing of of talking about your faith, of going to, you know, mass when your parents <laughs> aren't there to drive you to mass, right? Like, I mean, you know, it's time that you own it. It's time that you grow up. Um, and it's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful time in life. And it's something that you should treasure. 
because you're not going to find it all the time. You know, those four years are going to fly by and, you know, you go to graduate school, whatever. Great. But those four to six years of your life fly by. Um, I, you know, uh, in even, even for me, it was a long time ago now, 2022, 2007, I graduated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I love the fact, Bill, when we think about this book and your experience, because not only were you a practicing Catholic when you were in college, but you were a youth minister and, you know, you learned so much about life. You learned so much about young people. You learned so much just about the human family when you're, in ministry with the youth and young adults. So I just think that that's a wonderful thing. When it comes to this book and when you purchase this book, the expertise that comes through with some of the other authors in the book, which were, as I said, Jen Oakley and Maggie Riggins, who were very heavily involved in evangelization. And then, of course, you know, myself being the executive director for the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation which is my honor, uh, we don't necessarily in our foundation spe specifically deal with young adults, but our ministry is really for families in crisis. And let's face it, families and individuals in crisis come in all shapes, sizes, and forms, don't they? And so we do deal sometimes with young adults who come to us and want to find pastoral care. So that's an honor. Now, one of the next thought, uh, chapters in the book I thought we could discuss is hypocrisy in the church, which was a pretty lengthy discussion when we did the um, writing of the book and the research that was that went into it. And the question in chapter 31, which is part of this section, says, how does one deal with hypocrisy in the church, both within the church and of its members? There's a feeling that it's for members only, not making much room for the marginalized. When I think of families and couples who are, quote, friends with the pastor, in well-established friend groups, it makes it difficult to feel welcomed. And I, I, I have to say, this was one that I actually took a bigger part in helping to answer this question because, as some of you know, I, I wrote a book last year called Love and Care for the Marginalized. And marginalized people and people who feel kind of outside of the walls of the church has always been uh, an important thing to me. And the answer that we gave, some of the answer, I'll read not all of it, is that hypocrisy in the church is manifest in a multitude of ways. Since the church is composed of human beings who are sinners, it can be difficult to see the church as a unified body of Christ when there are certain people within individual parishes who do not have a welcoming disposition, and that's true. It is important to remember Jesus' words in Matthew 25, 40, and, and then the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. So, Bill, I thought we could kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, you and I did a whole series on the Synod recently, didn't we? Yeah. A 10-part series. And we talked at length, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at length about this. So if you're interested in, in that discussion in a greater way, go to the Patchwork Heart Ministry YouTube channel playlist and just look for the Synod because it's a 10-part series where yeah. we really unpack that. So. Yeah. But any thoughts on this with uh, that question, Bill? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think when we look at, um, you know, hypocrisy in the church, we have to remember that, uh, you know, we ourselves uh, can be hypocrites at times. <laughs> you know, uh, none of us live the faith perfectly. And, um, you know, I, I remember um, Cardinal Dolan, uh, who is our archbishop here in Milwaukee, um, 
uh, until I think to, until 2008. Uh, well, you know, one time he mentioned uh, something very, uh, very, you know, kind of brashly. Uh, he was challenged by a, by a high school student uh, during, you know, confirmation at one point. And, and, you know, he said, I, it was the question, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to continue with this because you're all just a bunch of hypocrites. And, um, and the Cardinal Dolan said, you're right, we are. Welcome, welcome to the club. You know, uh, and and it he didn't mean that um, in in a way that was, you know, like, uh, you know, like like bashing the church or anything. What, what he was what he was meaning by that was, yeah, we're all struggling. Every everybody has different struggles and everybody has different issues. Uh, and so when when none of us, none of us you know, live up to the perfect gospel standard 100% of the time because we're all sinners. <laughs> None of us do, right? So at at some point, you you have been a hypocrite in your in your journey. It, it's just that simple, right? You know, here, you know, but the amazing thing is that we have these sacraments. We have the ability to go back into the confessional and say, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. I've, I've failed at this, right? And and when you have that humility, when you have that ability to just, you know, own it up and say, yeah, I didn't live this, you know, here, the gospel says this, and I did that, and then I come to church and I pretend that I'm still that anyway, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, in my own life I've done that, and uh, I, I, but, but I, but I challenge young people to say, you know what, don't, don't stop going, Utilize the sacrament of reconciliation. Utilize the sacrament of reconciliation to to put yourself back in the state of grace, and recognize that everybody is fighting the same battle. Everybody on the planet is fighting the same battle. So, um, are 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 we a group of hypocrites? Absolutely. You know, a, to to sum up what Cardinal Dolan said, right? Uh, absolutely, we are. Um, but it doesn't mean we. We should stop and walk away. You know, uh, that's the that's the only way that you can be defeated in this battle. By the way, I want you to recognize that. Like that's the only way that Satan wins is if you walk away from 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 the church. If you stay in the fight and you go to confession and you pray every day and you go to mass on Sundays, you win because because Christ won. If you walk away and say, you know what, yeah, it's so much easier. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. They, I've had people treat me poorly, as Ann said, right? I've had people who, you know, didn't live up to that, were not welcoming. They were, they were jerks in the church. We've all been a little bit jerky. I know I have. I know I've treated people, you know, poorly in my life. So go to confession, pick yourself back up, and remember that, um, the person sitting next to you in the pew is doing the exact same thing or trying to do the exact same thing uh, is how I would, you know, say it. So don't, don't worry about uh, the fact that you're, um, you're surrounded by hypocrites. You know, <laughs> I, I know it sounds like a bad space balls quote, you know, I'm surrounded by hypocrites, <laughs> but it's the truth. Yeah. I, I love everything that you said because you brought up what Cardinal Dolan said, and I think what he was trying to express wasn't to like say, hey, yeah, admittedly, we're all hypocrites over here. We're none of us are following church teaching. 
that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, hey, whether you're involved in ministry or not, we all are affected by sin, aren't we? Everybody's affected by sin. And but the antidote is Christ and his church and also the sacraments of the church. And Bill mentioned confession. So that's a really big thing. But getting back to the, like just finishing that question that we had here, which was the hypocrisy in the church, uh, can, to continue the answer that we gave was that we said in our book that each member of the body of Christ should know that Jesus emphasizes care and inclusion of the marginalized. As little Christ, we need to make us a top priority in our church and in our larger communities. One of the best ways we can deal with exclusion is to be someone who includes. Instead of waiting to be brought in by a particular group, be the person who brings others in. And I think for younger people who are at college or even, you know, finishing high school, you know, unfortunately what happens in, <clears throat> excuse me, in high school and in college is the idea of groups that are forming friend groups. And, you know, that's a good thing. You know, I, I know that when I see people that I know personally, even on social media, when you see those friend groups that have lasted for so many years, you know, people that I know from, say, high school or college time or whatever, and how some of those relationships have continued to stay uh, relevant, right? Meaning the people that still get together, even if it's just once a year, even if they just stay in touch on social media. So it's a great thing to have like long lasting friendships with people. But what's not good is the attitude of closing in on oneself. And especially for mem being a member of the Catholic Church is that we are really called to reach out to those lone loner people, those people who don't have and as I say in my book that I wrote, the love and support they deserve. So when you're at college, when you're in high school and you see that person who doesn't have the friend group, maybe they have a tough uh, at, at home life. Maybe there's something going on with their personal life that is causing them to lose their faith. You know, we're not called to be popular. We are called to make outreach to those people that Christ would leave the 99 for, you know, Christ went out after that one lost sheep. And we're really called to do the same thing. And I think with the answer that we gave to that question in the book was that we are all called to reach out to people in that particular way, meaning to care about them. Don't just reach out to a marginalized person just to make a checkbox and say, well, I did the right thing. You know, I called so-and-so today to see how they're doing, you know, I don't know about you, but I found that sometimes people who are a little more um, left out of the group, that sometimes they wind up being some of my closest friends, people that I can trust, people that their stories are amazing. And so I just want to, you know, just make that shout out to people watching this podcast that maybe you know someone in your college community or high school, maybe it's even in your neighborhood or your church that someone that doesn't seem to have that sort of little 10 person group that they go out to breakfast or lunch with or hang out with. And maybe you could be that one person to be invitational to them. So that was another one of those chapters of the book. Uh, another one that we had, Bill, was reaching out to Christians and non-Christians. And in our book, we say that St. Saint, Saint Augustine, Saint Augustine said, no man can find salvation outside the Catholic Church. What makes Catholicism the fullness of the truth beyond general Christianity? Should we reach out to other Christians as well as those who do not know Christ in evangelization? So, Bill, I didn't know if we wanted to kind of talk about that one as our last one on this show. 
but I think that's a good one too, is the reaching out to Christians and non-Christians. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we talk about sharing the faith, I think our Holy Father is really big on it, right? <laughs> I mean, he, he is, uh, you know, massive on the uh, ecumenical front and wanting to reach out to all people and all Christians. Uh, you know, as Ann mentioned uh, during the podcast, we have a whole thing on the synod, and uh, that's really <laughs> that's really what his yeah. mission is during this whole thing. Um, but I, I, in in terms of the college perspective, right? In terms of the college student perspective on this. Um, you know, we, we hear that. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 Catholic Church is um, the 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 only way, truth, and life that we can you know enter through the person of Christ into um, you know eternal salvation. But we have to remember what the, exactly that means. And I think uh, in the book we really answered that well in meaning that um, you know we're talking about uh, that the that the truth of the church is um, contained uh, with within you know that the Catholic Church contains the complete truth uh, of of the faith and it relays the truth of the world um, you know perfectly uh, through its teaching however that doesn't just mean that we're only going to find you know practicing Catholics in in heaven right like you know heaven is not just for practicing Catholics it is for all people. And the way I like to, um, you know, kind of delve into this and help people understand this is that, you know, um, your understanding of the faith plays a role in salvation, right? Uh, and the, the church believes that if you are um, not exposed to Christianity, like, let's say you're a Muslim living in, you know, Saudi Arabia, and you've never had a true, authentic experience of Christ, you've never experienced that, and you don't experience that during your life, then your life is judged on merit, right? And that's what our catechism teaches. And so uh, merit would mean, you know, uh, are you um, a, a, you know, living to the gospel standards that you don't know? That's the best way, you know, are, how closely are you following um, the true, the good, the beautiful in your life? Uh, you know, even though you do not have a complete understanding of Christianity, right? Um, and so you, you, that that is how uh, we understand that. Even for our brothers and sisters who are in the Protestant, you know, um, sex, uh, we understand that they uh, have a different understanding. Uh, and they're raised in a different way. Now they can come into the full communion. They can come into the fullness of the Catholic Church uh, to understand and and know more. Um, but um, if they never come into that understanding, did they live their best life? Right. And Matthew Kelly talks about you know the best version of yourself, becoming the best version of yourself. And did you become the best version of yourself with the knowledge and the understanding that you had? Now, that's not to say that we're not supposed to go out there evangelize and not to say we're not supposed to go out there and, you know, preach the gospel. And, you know, if somebody comes to us and says, I want to know more and we don't, you know, teach them that and we don't reveal the truth to them, then then that's on us. Right. But but um, we're not only going to find Catholics in heaven, you know, that it, Catholic, you know, the 
it is not exclusive <laughs> for, for Catholics. It's all people. Um, and Christ won the victory for all people on the cross. And how bestly do you accept that in your life and become the best version of yourself that Christ wants you to be, uh, according to the understanding that you have of the of the gospel, of the truth. Um, and so I think that gives us a lot of comfort knowing uh, that, that even, you know, um, for us Catholics, right, you know, we all have a different understanding of the faith. Uh, and we really try hard to uh, us in in the you know catechetical world, those of us who are out there preaching and teaching and, and putting videos out and all of this to to relay the complete truth of the faith to everybody. But you know it's it's the person who is also the you know the the soil. We can sow the seeds, but is this are we being receptive to this? And so it gives us peace to know. That if somebody's not accepting this right now, it doesn't mean that they're not going to accept it in the future. Um, if they're rejecting it right now, know that, pray for them, and know that um, the truth can be revealed in their life in some miraculous way, because it it can happen, uh, and it and it does happen all the time. We that's the reason why our RCIA programs are so full. <laughs> you know, we 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 see that all the time in our in our in our parishes. We have. 10, 20, 30 people coming in on a lot of different parishes all year because, you know, the truth is being preached and people are beginning to accept it. Bill, well said. I just want to say thank you. That was really beautiful. And, you know, um, for people who are liking this podcast and you're thinking, wow, that is a great discussion. You know, as we keep saying again, definitely get the book because this is just a little bit, right? If you get the book, you're going to get a lot more than that. And just to end like that discussion that Bill was saying in that same chapter, it's all about humility. We say in our book that because of this, we want to share the joy and peace that the Catholic Church can give. This is not done through force, coercion or manip manipulation. It's done by authentically sharing the gospel. And I think that's the, the wonderful thing about it all is that it's not our work, right? It's the work of Christ. So, um, Bill, I think, you know, you did a great job with this podcast. It was an honor to be here to discuss it. And we have a whole nother section to talk about in this book, our last section. So that'll be fun, too. And the last section, I'm just getting there so I can read what it is, is growing in faith. Yeah. So be sure to tune in for that one, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That'll be exciting, mm -hmm. uh, folks. Yeah, tune in for that. Uh, I, I also want to encourage you to uh, join our mailing list as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go right over to our website to do that. Um, so, you know, we keep up to date with us. I mean, both, you know, Anne on, on your website, nonatus.org, uh, and, of course, uh, pat, you know, uh, patchworkheart.org. Join our mailing list. Find out more about what we do. But until next time, may God bless you and your families. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos, too.